God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, wow, well, I have uh, uh, a lot to cover today uh, with respect to, uh, you know, the uh, House and what's going to be happening today. And uh, last we spoke, we didn't have a speaker, but uh, we do now. As of Friday night at around 2 a.m., when Akeem Jeffries was giving his alphabet speech, people were waiting to listen to the uh, speaker swear in the congressman for the 118th Congress. And that's exactly what happened. So it's Speaker McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. For good, for bad, for better, for worse. <laughs> that's what we got. It doesn't really feel like there's representation there, though. It feels like there's a lot more representation for the globalists or for the people that didn't vote for these politicians. What I mean is that when they took a poll and they run polls, poll after poll after poll, I didn't see one poll that had Kevin McCarthy winning. He's not a populist. He's not liked by the constituent base. People don't like him. You know, forget about all the cocaine parties and the orgies and the things that uh, Madison Crawford has been talking about. That's the congressman from North Carolina that was caught on video doing a whole bunch of unsorted things. And uh, he's actually in a wheelchair, but his handler is his lover and it's a weird thing that happens in Washington, D.C., but I do believe there there are parties and there is privileged, privilege. And in fact, there was a video of about 50 bottles of champagne on a cart going up to the Speaker's house in the Capitol. And they were going to crack the champagne. You got to, you got to wonder, like, what's the celebration 
What is it? Is it a raise? I don't think he much cares about the money. I mean, what are you going from like 178000 to 193000 That's not that big of a raise. But somehow they, they're cracking the champagne like they just won the lottery. And if you look at Nancy Pelosi's bank account, where she's worth about a million dollars for every thousand that she, I mean, she has about 190 something million dollars in the bank. I'd like to see those IRS records on a, on a $180,000 salary. Cause you know, 170 something thousand when she wasn't speaker and 190 something thousand when she was. But the point is, is that there's just more to this that's going on. Like, why are they cracking the champagne? Because being a representative of the people is an administrative job. It's not a leadership. It's not so much a leadership job as it is a carrying the message, like you're, you're like a carrier, you know? A law firm puts out, uh, needs to uh, hand deliver and message or something. Some kid shows up on a bike and takes the message to the recipient, to the to the destination. Well, our representatives are supposed to be more like the carrier. You know, go to Washington uh, with their megaphone and carry out our message from our town, our district. We've forgotten where we've come from. And that's a scary, scary place to be. Our government politicians have sold out America for personal gain. It's time to reevaluate our rights and demand government accountability while withholding our tax payments until things improve dramatically. They're spending money we don't have, number one. They're racking up a debt that we could never pay. And we got a guy that's leading the House of Representatives. The only chance a conservative has on this planet right now of success, unless you go the way of Brazil. And of course, Joe Biden doesn't like what's going on in Brazil, of course, because it's a blow to the globalists. But we have a bunch of representation that does not represent the people, but represents corporate interests driven by globalist perks and global global access to new markets and global access to slave labor. And the corporations, backed by bigger corporations like BlackRock and Vanguard, backed by the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and the global agenda that is basically the steward or the the captain of the ship, of the globalist ship, because somebody has to steer the ship, right? The highest paid person is not always the steerer, but they're very rich. But these corporations need guidance, just like doctors need guidance. You know, they... All of these infrastructures need guidance and standards. But they're not the guidance and standards that benefit you. They're the guidance and standards that benefit them. And who is them? 
Well, them is certainly not the elected people that you thought you elected. And the people you did elect answer to them. And that's the biggest problem of all. And that's the trouble with globalism. And I've said it for a long, long time now that you think you're electing an official, but then they get to Washington and they're out of, they don't have any control. And they get punished for every time they step up and do the right thing for you. They then get punished and their megaphone gets smaller. Yes, we've been hearing all kinds of stories about Kevin McCarthy basically going after those who don't do what he tells you to do. And Madison Caulfield, or Madison Crawford, I think his name is, he's been out, uh, he was just, he was doing the whole talk circuit. And he said, if if uh, you're not, you don't play your cards straight, they will come after you. They will ruin your life. And if you support them and you have a big enough base and you're valuable to them, then you get rewarded. Take the case of Byron Donalds. He had the nerve to say it on TV that he got the steering steering uh, committee. He's the head of the steering committee. He's he's uh, Kevin McCarthy's right hand man now. And I love Byron Donalds. I think he's great. And we all know that Marjorie Taylor Greene has just sold out completely. But what I've just described to you is the bad stuff. There's a lot of good that's going to come from this, hopefully. So that's the bad stuff. And I can, I can cry and I can complain and I can whine all day long. Or I could work with what we have with a heart of gratitude and hope for the best while, you know, trust but verify. And I have reason to be very hopeful that things are going to improve in the House. Nothing could be worse than Nancy Pelosi. Could we all agree on that? But we should have had a lot more seats, and everybody knows it. And I blame McDonald. I blame McDaniel, I blame McCarthy, and I blame McConnell. And why we have that same doggone leadership is beyond me. But the people who stay in power, like, you know, you, you mean to tell me we San Francisco couldn't find a better representative than Nancy Pelosi? Really? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Nothing makes sense when you think about it. Nothing. You know, I keep on saying, you know, last week I was going to cover the CIA and the assassination of JFK, and I was going to tie the CIA and the JFK assassination with current events. Basically, it's not going to be your average or typical, um, you know, conspiracy program on that subject. What it is, what I feel is important about the CIA's murder of JFK is that that it's been going on and on more than we know and what we're living through right now 
and we just saw it on full display with Donald Trump, is that the alphabet uh, committees or the alphabet organizations, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, you know, whatever, the spooks are running our country in a shadow government. And you're either going to play by the rules of the corrupt few, or the corrupt many, actually, in Washington, and prosper, or you're going to die by that sword, and you have no chance of winning. And so a lot of people, you know, would be hard on Donald Trump for a lot of reasons. Some of his hires were poor, and the, but we have we don't even know the half of the compromises he's had to make in order to either stay alive or get things done or not be impeached or whatever. And by impeached, I mean the Senate part portion of that impeachment, the, the actual action, not the meaningless impeachment that happened in the House. So I said, our government politicians have sold out America for personal gain. It's time to reevaluate our rights and demand government accountability while withholding our tax payments until things improve dramatically. And I said that in response to a meme. And I, the meme reads like this. It's very profound. The meme reads, I was once willing to to give my life for what I believe this country stood for. Today, I'd give my life to protect my family from what this country has become. That is a sad, sad place to be, and that's exactly where we are. But we're not going to be sad all day. We're just going to evaluate the problem and then we're going to pull up our bootstraps and we're going to get to fighting. And we're going to get to working. And we're going to get to taking our country back as best we can. We may not win, folks. But we can sure give our best effort. So, again, that, that, that statement is so profound. I was once willing to give my life for what I believe this country stood for. But today... I'd give my life to protect my family from what this country has become. Jeez, that's so powerful. I didn't write it, (laughs) but it is a good statement. I said this. I said, one of the good news, pivot, pivot to the positive, right? I just, I, I just hit my mic with my hand. Um, Pivot to the positive. One of the things that's going to happen today is they're going to go through the rules. And we're going to go through the rules a little bit. Uh, We're not going to get wonky today because there's more to it. But we do have a house whip, and his name's Tom Emmer from Minnesota. He seems like your classic politician. There's nothing to write home about about Emmer. I listened to, to him talk on Fox and Friends today, and he does not seem, he seems like a politics-as-usual type of rhino. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised that he's better than that, but I was not impressed. All right, but that's McCarthy. You know, he's going to hire rhinos. But 
There are some redeeming qualities about McCarthy, and we're going to get to that too today. Uh, concessions agreed to by the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So they say that basically all the concession, all the rules that are going out today, that are going to be voted on, are the rules that have always been, with exception to um, the motion to elect a new speaker. And there, Nancy Pelosi was the one that required the support of the entire uh, caucus conference in order to um, get uh, select a new speaker, which she changed the rules for the first time ever. Naturally, the Democrats do this, you know, whether it's Harry Reid changing the changing the uh, rules on voting for judges. And that came out and blew up in his face. But, you know, they went nuclear, remember? And that's why I I really appreciated when Trump said, go nuclear, Mitch, because the Democrats would do it sure sure as heck. And so, you know, I definitely think that we need to play a tougher game. It, this is not croquet. We're not, we're not playing croquet here. This is a smash mouth, you know, smash mouth game. This is a game of smash mouth. And at this point, you know, my government is my enemy. It's not Vladimir Putin. It's not any one, any one of the foreign figures. It's globalism. It's the banks that support globalism. It's every single thing. It's the corporations that support globalism and flip justice upside down and inside out and flip what's right and wrong upside down and inside out. It may not be illegal to be a trans and it may not be illegal for a trans to read a story to your child, but it certainly is not right and they're getting away with murder. And we got to put a stop to it because we know what's right. We know, and we know it's decay. It's not illegal to eat sugar and not brush your teeth, but you keep doing it and your teeth are going to fall out. You're going to have a health crisis on your hands if you run out of toothpaste and uh, all you eat is sweet, are sweets. All right. <clears throat> the concessions agreed to buy, uh, Agreed to by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Okay, nothing, nothing really to report home about here. There's nothing too crazy about this. What was really crazy are you know the deals that were made in the back room, like promises to get committee hearings and speakerships and stuff like. I mean, um, committee committee chair positions and and powerful positions, TV spots and things like that. One law one lawmaker can make motion to elect new speaker. Votes on term limits, votes on budget resolution that balances the budget in 10 years, not to increase debt limit without spending cuts. Okay, so basically there, it's a, it's a, it's a buy-go. Uh, it's sort of like a, uh, if you want to add a, a, a bill, if you want to add a piece of legislation that's going to increase tax, you know, increase spending, you got to get rid of one that decreases spending by an equal amount. 
So not to increase debt limit without spending cuts. That's what that means. Not bring bills to floor until 72 hours past. Okay. Three seats on rules committee for House Freedom Caucus members. So, you know, they were guaranteed three. I actually think we're in a better position in terms of the Republican uh, Party, in terms of the Freedom Caucus. I think they have more power and leverage today than they ever had before because of those holdouts. And they wouldn't have gotten them if they just rolled over and gave McCarthy everything he wanted. It would be like walking into a, uh, you know, a car dealership and basically saying to the used car salesman, I trust you. Uh, just, you know, whatever, just put it on paper and I'll, I'll just write you a check because I, I tr- totally trust you. No, you got to haggle, right? And and that's what they did. They haggled for five days. I don't see a problem with that. Anybody who does. But the good news is one of the first things they're going to do besides the rules is they're going to sign off on defunding because, let's face it, the House controls the purse strings. So they're going to, um, the, Kevin McCarthy's first order of business will be to slash the funding for the new 87,000 IRS agents. Boom! Booyah! That's great, right? I wrote, in response to that, I said, big blow against globalist tyrannical CBDC rollout in America. The Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC. That's all part of the globalist agenda, folks. That's all about silencing your speech. It's about that digital currency. Do you think that they really needed 87,000 new employees to audit middle-class America? I don't think so. That's not even a good trade. So, frankly, no. What that was about, the 87,000 new IRS agents was all about rolling out the infrastructure of digital currency because the Fed is going to embrace digital currency as well in line with the globalist agenda. What's happening in China, what's happening in the European Union, they're all pushing so that you have to obey when it comes to climate, that you have to get those dishwashers and and, uh, washers and dryers that basically are digital and connected to the internet and you won't be able to use them at a certain time of the day. They have these no-go zones, you know, like in England where you can only go and stay in your little neck of the woods. If you try to venture out, you have to go a certain path in order to, you know, in the name of climate. And we all know that climate is a hoax. It's a big-time hoax. The one way you know that climate is a hoax is because all the all the waterfront property that's uh, available in the world today, whether it's Egypt or uh, the Netherlands or uh, Miami, Florida, buildings are going up in a record pace. If it's Malibu, if it's anything, I don't care where you are. All these, and just look at what Obama has done. He's, he bought a place, oceanfront property in, in Hawaii. He's got another one on, at sea level right in front, in front of the water on Martha's Vineyard. We're talking about $50 billion worth of house right there. 
I mean, 50 million, I'm sorry. 50 million. And whether he needed a bank or not, which I don't think he did, he just probably wired out of that Iranian account where he gave $150 billion to Iran. There was a, probably a billion in there for him, right? <clears throat> um, at some wired account offshore somewhere. He's never going to be poor, no matter how many houses he buys. So why is, you know, Mr. Climate, you know, Barack Hussein, why is he buying up all these waterfront properties? Do you ever ask yourself that question? If he's so fearful that, you know, California is going to be underwater in 10 years, you know, what's what gives? You know, Joe Biden and John Kerry are going down to Mexico to talk about climate. <laughs> they passed through El Paso after it got scrubbed down, right? You know, that's crazy stuff. You know, it's so obvious and so disrespectful and so insulting to the people that live there. It's not even funny. Those those people that are uh, all over the streets, homeless, are going to go right back after the photo op is over. But you know why they said they did that? Because he's made the 80-year-old Biden that can't string complete sentences together and can't even barely read a prompter right. You know, that's why he got to where it was 20,000 pounds of fentanyl can kill a thousand people. That's implying that what? <laughs> you you would need uh, a pound of fentanyl or to kill a thousand people? <laughs> you you would need a you would need a pound of fentanyl to kill one person? No. <laughs> no, twenty thousand pounds of fentanyl kills four point five billion people. That's what it kills. But he couldn't even read the prompter. He doesn't even know what he's reading. He's just reading it. If he if he was paying, if Joe Biden was paying attention to what he was reading, he would stop and say, correction, that's not right. Someone put that in my prompter. You know, that's not right. 20,000 would kill a whole lot more than that, folks. Yeah, like he would be aware. He'd be acting like he knows what he's, knows what's going on. But he doesn't. He just reads off of a prompter and then, turns around and then has somebody guide him off the stage. Yet somehow this guy got 81 million votes and everybody hates his guts. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Certainly not his daughter who he showered with and certainly not his son who's a crack addict. Jeez, what's there to like? What's the attraction? One of the things about the 118th Congress, has an they have an opportunity to save America from the cancer of globalist and corporate-financed corruption and election interference. But the reason why, you know, I was reading this uh, tweet, says Lindy Graham calls for U.S. tanks in the ground in Ukraine. I guess they're Bradley tanks they're going to send over there. Once all-out war with nuclear Russia, your kids be damned. It's the only way to cover up the money laundering in Ukraine. The 118th Congress, you know, it's sad that Joe, uh, that, that uh, Joe McCarthy, um, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, wears the Ukrainian lapel pin in his suit. You know, you get the idea that he's on the wrong, he's embarking on the wrong thing. And when they talk about military spending, uh, that scares me too, because they're just basically going to be throwing good money after bad on a lost cause to a corrupt um, entity in Ukraine. You know, Zelensky is a tyrannical, corrupt 
socialist. That's what he is. Fact. There's, I could argue that six ways till Sunday. So breaking, here's good news. You want more good news? Republican Senator Ben Sass, the guy who voted to impeach Trump on one of the accounts, has officially resigned and Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen, a Republican governor, will select his replacement. So that's good. Nebraska, is go- we're going to have a better senator. And then Mitt Romney's going to be up for election. He won't win. And then uh, what's happening in Brazil makes J6 look like child's play. But they have taken over the government, the people. And that's exactly what will happen today here in our country. Is that you will have... Once we get to that threshold, we're not far down, far as far down the road to third world status and to the level of corruption that Brazil is. Brazil is one step away from Venezuela, and they're the people know it, and the people are stepping up and they are taking over, and I love it. Biden hates it because see Luna, the uh, the other guy, the the guy that they say won. He won one corrupt district, and somehow he beat Bolsonaro. And everybody loves Bolsonaro. This Luna guy doesn't have any supporters whatsoever. I mean, he doesn't get crowds like that. It's very much the same as what's going on. And what's going on around the world, really, is you have these leaders like Justin Trudeau. Canadians hate Justin Trudeau. You got Emmanuel Macron. They're sick of Emmanuel Macron. You got Rishi Sunak. People were up in arms that they never even got to vote for their prime minister. He, he just was appointed in. And all that corruption at the top with the prime ministers. You got ousters like, uh, you know, Imran Khan is the populist leader in Pakistan. It's now out. And they got some other guy in. You got the Taliban running the Afghanistan. This is what I'm saying. The globalists have just, you know, overthrown governments. They tried to do it in Egypt with Mubarak, and then it went to Morsi, and then Morsi went to al-Sisi. And now al-Sisi is not respected by the West because he doesn't play ball the way they would like him to. You know, it's so crazy, but it's not about... It's, they're not winning elections. They're, they're not winning hearts and minds. That's why the Democrats want a ballot race rather than a, a, a race for hearts and minds. They don't want hearts and minds because that requires people to show up and vote. They just want ballot manufacturing. That's what they want. And then they want rigged computers to count these ballots. And that's how you get the rigged elections and that's how you get the government that's not representative of the people. That's how you get a government, a rogue government to push through all of this bad, these bad ideas these bad ideas. And that's how you get the COVID response that we got. That's how you get the climate hoax that we've got. That's how you get the perpetration of a Russian hoax. That's how you get these rigged elections. That's how you get the censorship. It's all about carrots and sticks, cronyism, and the like. You know, I still can't get over the fact that nobody seems to want to talk about the fact that the Bidens are getting rich off of the green policies that they're mandating. And there's so many globalists that are getting rich off of this. 
And the more powerful they get, and the more they crush their enemy, the bigger the haves, the bigger the gap between the haves and the have-nots. And that's another problem. And they always used to say that was one of the problems between whites and blacks, is is the the gap between the haves and the have-nots. I remember Alvin Toffler wrote this book called The New Wave back in the 70s. And it was really, you know, a projection of, but I don't think it ever took into account the level of corruption that America could actually have in its midst. So, it's crazy. Um, And... uh, so we have some clips here that I want to play. First, we're going to cover this Joe Biden uh, Joe Biden visit. This is a 17-second clip. It's basically a guy saying uh, that this was a dog and pony show. Let's take a listen. But it doesn't get to the heart of the issue. And, and quite frankly, the, the processing that happens at the Bridge of the Americas is commercial traffic. There, there are not uh, facilities there to process individuals. And so, you know, maybe the tone of this will change uh, when he goes to the county facility. But, but so far, I mean, this is, this is very much a dog and pony show. Yeah, maybe, but it doesn't get- I don't want to thank my friend Pat. Pat uh, sent me a text. He's got a picture of a beautiful pool. And he says, poolside listening to the Scott Adams show. So thank you for texting that in. <laughs> That's great. It's a nice poll, too. Um, so, wow. That's impressive. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that text. So, yeah, it's a dog and pony show. And uh, what can you say? And then we got the new speaker. Okay. So this is an old clip, actually, from last week. But. I posted it over the weekend, and uh, this is kind of a funny little four-second clip. I I clipped it myself, but I actually clipped it too short. I wanted to have a little bit more on each side of this clip of the point that he's making, but we'll take a listen. It might loop three times just so you could hear it twice, more than once. It's so short. Feeling McCarthy would crawl naked through a sewer to get this. What do you think of him? You get the feeling McCarthy would crawl naked through a sewer to get this gig. What do you think of him? You get the feeling McCarthy would crawl <laughs> naked through a sewer to get this gig. What do you think of him? <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote a response to that. And I said, Tucker, uh, whatever you think of, I was quoting Tucker, whatever you think of him, you get the idea Speaker McCarthy would crawl naked through a sewer to get this gig. I said, but Why? Imagine what he would do for big money from Google, World Economic Forum, and the press if they asked him to sell out America and the people he was elected to serve. Well, that's pretty much been the first half of this show. Is kind of That was the point I was making. And then I posted this tweet. It says, speaker con- hashtag speaker concessions. And I said, turning Speaker McCarthy into a MAGA puppet is a win. Because in, in essence, he, they did gain some leverage over McCarthy. Having Trump, Scalise, Jordan leadership take the high road by acquiescing. And by acquiescing, what I mean is Scalise and Trump and Jordan all supported McCarthy. And I think that's going to play well because McCarthy, let's face it, say what you want about him. He's a huge fundraiser. He's very powerful politically. And uh, you want him on your side. That's the thing about politics in Washington. 
Sometimes you do have to sell out in order to advance the ball or the agenda. Just like if you have a, a boss that you don't like, but somehow you have to kiss some butt, right? I mean, some people like to say, yeah, I would never do that. Yeah, I have you know, a certain level that I would never go, line I won't cross. That's true. Everybody has a line, but everybody's you know, had to kiss up a little bit to somebody at, it's at one point in their life. You know, they had to show up and work on time. They had to do as they're told. They had to carry out a, a, a job that they didn't agree with or whatever. You know, everybody makes sacrifices and compromises in this world. Everybody. Uh, even if it's uh, you driving and having to stop at a red light, even though you're late. Right. I mean, whatever it is, you have to do it. So, Speaker Concessions, turning Speaker McCarthy into a MAGA puppet is a win. Having Trump, Scalise, Jordan, and again, they were all McCarthy supporters. And I think that that was almost a strategy. Like, I actually think that there is something to this, like a method to the madness. I think this was orchestrated. And I think that they knew that McCarthy had the votes to win. I think that they knew that they couldn't stop McCarthy. So they figured, well, just like when you walk into a used car salesman, you know you're not going to get the best deal. The, the car salesman's a better salesman than you are a buyer. Just like a timeshare, you know, they're brutal, right? Um, but you go in there in the lion's den, you know you're, you're in there with a professional lion, and you're just there trying to do the best you can. Because they got all the tricks, they have all the info, and they got all the, you know, the, the stuff, so, whatever. So you walk in like a David and Goliath and you try to figure out the best solution for you. Well, that's, well, they were outgunned, but they did hold out longer than they expected or than anyone expected. And it got heated and it got twisted. And I think in the end, there are going to be some winners because people are now got their eyes on McCarthy. They don't trust McCarthy. So again, Speaker Concessions, turning Speaker McCarthy into a MAGA puppet is a win. Have Having Trump, Scalise, and Jordan leadership take the high road by acquiescing is an America first battle victory toward a 2024 MAGA president reality or a MAGA presidency. I believe that's true. I think that Trump gained a lot of ground here. And, you know, don't take my word for it. Let's go ahead and take Kevin McCarthy's word for it. But I do want to especially thank uh, President Trump. I don't think you should anybody should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. Somebody wrote the doubt of whether he was there, and he was all in. He would call me, and he would call others. And uh, he really was, I was just talking to him tonight, um, helping get those final votes. What he's really saying, really, for the party and the country, that we have to come together. We have to focus on the economy. We've got to focus, make our borders secure. We've got to do so much work to do, and he was a great influence to make that all happen. So thank you, President Trump. But I- well, you know what's best about that? He said that on CNN. Wow. That was a CNN broadcast. So I said this. I said the, this is another tweet for the House Freedom Caucus. I said the speaker vote was orchestrated from the start to finish. Uh, I said this. 
I'm reading the tweet. Speaker vote was uh, orchestrated from start to finish by MAGA, America First, good cops and bad cops. You know what I mean by good cops and bad cops, right? Scalise, Jordan, and Trump were the good cops, and Gates and Bobart and Biggs were the bad cops, right? Okay, tough love, good love, you know, whatever. Good cops, bad cops. So speaker vote was orchestrated from start to finish by MAGA, America First, good cops and bad cops in order to gain leverage over an unstoppable, assured Speaker McCarthy, who despite the globalist ties, who despite his globalist ties, is also a successful fundraiser. Freedom Caucus got exactly what they wanted. They did. I believe that they're more powerful today. That Freedom Caucus is the most powerful today than they have ever been in the history of the Freedom Caucus in the House. Remember, they were like the squad. They were a bunch of upstarts in the beginning. And now I think that they're a formidable force. And now I think, you know, you got McCarthy that owes one to Trump. And so now Trump has the establishment and he's always going to have the mega lovers and the America first people. He's always going to have that. So come 2024 and, you know, in the primary season for the Republican Party, who do you think McCarthy's going to support and without looking like a traitor, right? I mean, I, I really believe that uh, this was actually, this whole exercise was worth it. So I said this, I said in another tweet, I said, if McCarthy or DeSantis, for that matter, ever underestimated the power and force of the America First MAGA movement in this country, they for sure know now. Freedom Caucus, the Freedom Caucus has more power in the House today than they ever had before. And Cheney and Kinzinger are gone. Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, gone. Adam Kinzinger is working for CNN. <laughs> Go figure. One of the losers, though, I think in some way is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Everybody's sort of... Uh, I mean, you you look at the trends, and it's not going great for her. But that being said, put an asterisk there because I have something good to say about Marjorie Taylor Greene. I've always liked Marjorie Taylor Greene's chutzpah, but she's sort of turned a little bit. But I don't necessarily want to abuse her or get a pile on to her like a lot of I've seen a lot of people do. Uh, I'm not happy about the way the sausage is made in in Washington, but it is the way the sausage is made. And she is covering for McCarthy, and you almost like she's like goo goo gaga over him. And all I'm going to say in the beginning is, <clears throat> you could take it to the bank that she's going to have she's going to be a committee chair somewhere. You could take it to the bank that you're going to see her face on mainstream media. She's not going to be a fringe player anymore. She's going to be front and center. Now say what you will about Marjorie Taylor Greene. But I will say this. She gives good press. She's done a lot of amazing things. And when it comes to selling an idea, she's as good as Matt Gates or Jim Jordan ever was in terms of 
driving home points and drawing attention to subjects. But is she going to be more like a Trey Gowdy whose bark is better, bigger than his bite? Trey Gowdy, Gowdy was, to me, a, 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 le- a sort of a loser. Despite the fact that he gave great theater and he had great uh, presence on camera and he said a lot of great things that got us all juiced up, he didn't deliver. Now, that's what I'm afraid of with Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I'll give reservation to that. And it'll be up to Marjorie Taylor Greene to deliver. Because one thing I'll say about the reality of things today is we don't trust anybody anymore, do we? So they're going to have to deliver, and that's it. I don't care what they say. I care about what they do and what gets done. That's where I am right now. But let's take a listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. The people who were backing Kevin McCarthy uh, also didn't vote to certify the Electoral College results for Joe Biden. Um, Do you think that's an important thing to the base even today? Oh, it's very important. Well, what I was pointing out is the same people that conservatives were holding up in high esteem don't necessarily have those voting records while they're at the same time criticizing Kevin McCarthy, who does. Kevin McCarthy did object on January 6th, and he's been a top target of the Democrats and the January 6th committee. So do you believe that Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president? Of course Joe Biden's the president. That's always a silly question. She got in big trouble for that. She got in big trouble for that. Right here. So do you believe that Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president? Of course Joe Biden's the president. That's always a silly question. Okay, I wasn't trying to be silly. I was trying to just clarify. Uh, We have about half a minute left. Um, As you know, what a lot of media is saying now is, oh, you know, McCarthy gave away too much. He's weakened his speakership, especially when the number of members required to do a snap vote of whether he should stay in that chair went down from five to one. Was that a big deal in the machinations here? Well, no, I'll go with this. And this is what I've said from the beginning before we ever got into this week. The most important thing that every single member has is their voting card. There's only 222 Republicans and we need 218 to pass anything. That's where the magic happens. And so the big fight that happened this week, I think that a lot of it was really unnecessary and and just a bunch of fanfare that helps popularity on the internet, but doesn't produce results. Now we have a speaker that we can produce results with, and we have to do that by coming together to get 218. That's where our power lies. And so with this rules package, let's be very real. We've got a Biden White House, we have a Democrat-controlled Senate, Mm -hmm. and we got to get to 218 to accomplish anything. Right. Ultimately, Washington, it's about the math. Yep. All right. So anyway, she got herself into a little bit of hot water there for that um, because it's sort of a betrayal to a certain degree. Uh, Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, family shipping company, Foremost Group, gets a lot of business from its global globalist ties to Klaus Schwab's globalist World Economic Forum. And McCarthy is part of their privileged elite globalist agenda of tyranny and control. This is the opposite of America first. Okay, so there's a picture of Elaine Chow and Kevin McCarthy on the state world economic forum stage you know makes you a little bit queasy right um but it is what it is so you know one of the things that was kind of funny is uh 
Well, let's take a listen. We'll take a listen to this other business thing. Um, here, Michael Waltz made two strong points regarding Speaker McCarthy appeal to GOP moderates as instrumental in winning Biden districts and the downside of reducing motion to vacate to one vote being the American hating squad could disrupt House proceedings with just one vote. All right, let me read that again. The problem with the just one vote is it could allow the Democrats, you know, the Democrats have equal footing here. It could allow the squad, to, their one vote, to oust McCarthy. Let's take a listen to this soundbite. It's it's actually quite good. Um, I said, it's a shame America first Republicans need... Okay, well, let's listen to this first, and I'll read you the second part. Well, we have a, we have a wide and broad conference now. We also have moderates in our conference that won... Uh, Biden district. So I saw Kevin McCarthy as the only one that could get us conservatives and them uh, and get to that 218. I know a lot of others were introduced, but none of them uh, got anywhere near the numbers uh, that Kevin McCarthy did. And look, uh, we've gained seats under his leadership, both last election and this one. Uh, He has moved forward with the conservative agenda with the commitment for America. I was ready to get to work and negotiated in good faith over the last few months. Uh, a lot of these things that we got in place, uh, the cut-go that you just mentioned, where you have to cut a government program in order to get a new one in place. Yeah. We're going to now have an inflation score uh, in place as well on every single bill, the 72-hour rule. But, Maria, that was all in place on Sunday. Yeah. The only thing that really changed this week was the motion to vacate from five to one, uh, and then now this commitment to a balanced budget. So, I mean, let me ask you the same question I asked Byron Donaldson. How long does Kevin McCarthy have then to to prove that he's going to keep to these promises? Well, my issue with the going down to one was that a Democrat could do that as well. Uh, That's a good point. (laughs) Right? And and I don't want to see the squad up there trying to disrupt us every time we get going on investigations, starting to get to the bottom of so many things, or put forward that conservative agenda. But look, I think we're we're going to unify around those investigations. We're going to unify around holding Biden accountable. I like it. I like that statement. Um, But that is true. Uh, Kevin McCarthy was instrumental in winning districts. You know, where there were moderates, you know, like, for example, you take Georgia, Trump can't win Georgia. Like, I don't know what's happened to Georgia, but that's not Trump country anymore. I don't know if that's immigration rigging and stuff like that, but I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, uh, I will say this, that there are districts where they just don't like people like Trump. They love his policies, but you have to put a blindfold on them. They just have this bias because they don't like his personality. It rubs them the wrong way. I, I, you know, I just, I'm all about the substance there. And I think that Trump is full of substance. I think that he is full of virtue. You know, he just carries it out differently. So I said, it's a shame America first Republicans need restrictive rules over Kevin McCarthy that also benefit the Democrats, just like he, uh, Waltz just said. If GOP could have gotten truly representative House leadership, we would have trust. We we would have have trust rather than rules. Dems were able to push through their radical agenda with their radical unity around Nancy Pelosi. See, that's the problem. So I had this one thing where uh, 
this was um, this was uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Um, his uh, Hakeem Jeffries gave this uh, speech, also known as the uh, alphabet speech. And uh, let's see, I'm going to try to find this speech right here. Let's take a listen. Put American values over autocracy, benevolence over bigotry, the Constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism, governing over gaslighting. Come on, come on, Jeffrey. Over hatred, inclusion over isolation. Oh, he's just ripping. He's just ripping. You know, I mean, the thing is, is that what is he doing there? Right. He's just rhyming like a poet at two in the morning when everybody wants to go home. There were kids in the chamber. So I said this. I said, Hakeem Jeffries, you know, he was just spilling a bunch of nonsense. Right. I said, OK, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, just a bunch of nonsense. I said, well, you remind me of one of my favorite political movies, Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy from 1992. Here's Eddie Murphy. A positive campaign. We campaign on the issue. The issue is change. Change for the future. The people have spoken. Ask not what your country can do for you. You have nothing to fear but fear itself. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Live free or die. And in conclusion, read my lips. <laughs> that was a great movie. And, um, you know, the thing about that is, is that, you know, listen to King Jeffries. He's basically doing the same thing. He's just talking in platitudes with, like... Nothing, nothing behind it. You know, there's no substance there. Well, anyway, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and uh, truly. And um, uh, we have an opportunity to take our, you know, to make some real inroads in some of these investigations, particularly with the Biden crime family. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity here, and we need to hold our representatives accountable. And with that, I want to ask everybody to check out MAGAPAC.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation because it helps us directly in support of our messaging. Uh, also, if you're going to go over to MyPillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. And with that, my name is Scott Adams, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. And grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.